So if you see, uh, let me just say, if you see strange things flying from the podium and all of this, just duck. Uh, we'll get through this. Amen. I, I really am excited. In fact, Beverly, Beverly knows when I start preaching my message to her three or four or five days ahead of time, she knows, oh, he's getting, he's getting jazzed up. Uh, and I've been doing that. And I'm going to spend a little time with my uh, pastoral friends this, this next couple of days. And I'm already going to quiz them about some of my thoughts and get their perspective about what I'm going to share with you this morning. Uh, and so I want you to realize, how many of you know we only have six Sundays left for, in 2012? Everybody do this. Okay. Now, how many of them are you going to be here? I'm just, hey, I just hope they're all, I hope, hope they keep them all up. Because over the next six Sundays, I'm going to share with you uh, a message called Finding the Father's Favor. Everyone say, Finding the Father's Favor. And we're going to look at the life of Mary primarily. I'm going to give you a pretty in-depth in introduction today to lay a foundation. Uh, and I'll talk more about Mary in just a few moments. But how many of you know she found favor with God? And so we're going to look at her life uh, over the next six weeks. And over the next six weeks, I'm going to share with you uh, important elements from the life of Mary uh, that will help position you at a place uh, to be favored by God in 2013. How many of you could appreciate favor with God and man in 2013? You know, in this culture we live in, in the financial scenario that we're involved in right now, we could use uh, uh, not a little more favor, uh, but a lot more favor. How many of you would appreciate a lot more favor from God in 2013? And, and so I, I want to encourage you to just make plans to be here uh, this, the next six Sundays. It's going to be, uh, you know, we've got a lot of our folks out, uh, you know, uh, on the holidays right now. And the Sunday of Christmas, listen, it's plenty of time ahead of, of Christmas. In fact, we're going to have a Christmas Eve Eve service. Uh, and the children are going to sing on Sunday morning, Sunday night. It's going to be a great time. A lot of things going, no reason. New Year's, I think the last Sunday is 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 uh, before New Year. So we got we've got plenty of, Plenty of room here not to miss. Okay, so look at your neighbor and say, I'm going to do my best not to miss. I'm going to do my best not to miss. I promise it, you'll be blessed. And so with that in mind, I want you to turn to two passages of Scripture. You see them up there. Psalms 102, verse uh, 13, uh, and then Luke chapter 1. In just a moment, I'm going to ask my wife to come and read a significant passage uh, from Luke chapter 1 about Mary and the, uh, really the Christmas story. But before she does that, I want you to see Psalm 102 verse 13. Psalm 102 verse 13 says this, You will arise and have mercy on Zion. That's God will arise and have mercy on Zion for the time to favor her. Yes, the set time has come. I'm going to read that again. Because I believe this is an important passage for us to begin to grasp, to launch us in to finding the Father's favor. The, the passage says, you will arise and have mercy on Zion. Now, Zion uh, can be us. Zion is the people of God. How many of you are the people of God today? So if you read that, you could read this righteously, for you will arise and have mercy on Sam Walker. For the time to favor him... Yes, the set time has come. How many of you will take some of that this morning? You believe, I believe today that God has a time and a plan and a set time 
to favor us. He wants to favor us. Look at your neighbor and say, God wants to favor you. He really does. And he has a timing and he has a plan to favor you. But how many of you know just because God has a plan to favor us does not guarantee that we will cooperate with his plan and find his favor? And so today, I want you to embrace that, that God wants to favor you. If you're a child of God, he wants to favor you. He wants to bless you. He wants to show himself uh, glorious in your midst. The time to favor In fact, let's read it. Let's do something a little schizophrenic. Okay, we're going to, well, you don't have it. Maybe, hopefully you do. It says, you will arise and have mercy on, and I want you to put your name in there. I'll read it, and you put your name in that spot. For the time to favor, and everyone say me. Okay, yes, the set time has come. Here, Here, let's do it. You will arise and have mercy on Sam. Beverly, did you do that? Okay, no, me is next. Okay, here we go. You want to say your name. Here we go. Let's try it again. For you will arise and have mercy on Sam. For the time to favor me is come. Yes, the set time has come. And everybody said, amen. I'm going to invite my wife, Beverly, to come. And she's going to take the microphone. I want you to turn to Luke chapter 1. She, <coughs> she's going to read from verse 26. Now, let me set the stage for you. The first 25 verses of Luke chapter 1 has to do with uh, uh, Zacharias and Elizabeth and the angel Gabriel coming and speaking to Zacharias and Zacharias doubted God and so God shut his mouth until who, who let me just Bible quiz question who was born by uh, by Elizabeth John the Baptist, you're good. And so, get the picture. The first verses have to do with the angel coming and speaking. Uh, and, and Elizabeth w- was barren, so this was a miraculous uh, uh, conception. Not not an immaculate conception, but a miraculous conception. Uh, and John the Baptist was born just a few months prior to Jesus being born. Now, then verse 26, where Beverly's going to pick up, is where uh, the, the storyline goes. And she's... She's going to read all the way over to verse 56. So you follow along and let's let the message of Mary begin to sink into our hearts as we discover how to find the Father's favor. Yes, and if you want to open your Bible to that passage of Scripture, you can follow along with me. Verse 26. Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth. To a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. And when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and considered what manner of greeting this was. Then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son, and shall call his name Jesus. And he will be great, and will be called the Son of the Highest, and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. And then Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I do not know a man? And the angel answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore also that Holy One who is to be born 
will be called the Son of God. Now indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age. And this is now the sixth month for her who was called barren. For with God nothing will be impossible. Let me read that one more time. For with God nothing will be impossible. And then Mary said, Behold, the maidservant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Now Mary arose in those days and went into the hill country with haste to a city of Judah and entered the house of Zacharias and greeted Elizabeth. And it happened when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary that the babe leaped in her womb and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. And then she spoke out with a loud voice and said, Blessed are you among women and blessed is the fruit of your womb. For why is this granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For indeed, as soon as the voice of your greeting sounded in my ears, the babe leaped in my womb for joy. Blessed is she who believed, for there will be fulfillment of those things which were told her from the Lord. Now here's the song of Mary. And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit has rejoiced in God my Savior. For he has regarded the lowly state of his maidservant. For behold, henceforth all generations will call me blessed. And he who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. And his mercy is on all those who fear him from generation to generation. And he has shown strength with his arm and has scattered the proud in the imagination of their hearts. For he has put down the mighty from their thrones and exalted the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things and the rich he has sent away empty. And he has helped the servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy. He has spoke to our fathers, to Abraham and to his seed forever. And Mary remained with her about three months and returned to her house. Amen. Thank you, Beverly. What a story. Wow. What an event. What a series of of events where God from heaven chose Mary and favored her above all the women to be the bearer of the Son of God. It's an amazing illustration of how God favors his people. And you see in verse 28, if, if you look back in chapter 1, what was the, announcements, uh, the announcement of the angel Gabriel? He called her in verse 28. He said, rejoice, highly favored one. Everyone say highly favored. She was highly favored. And now that means that she was favored above all the other women in the world. God, for some reason, chose her and highly favored her. In verse 30, it says, she found favor. Everyone say she found favor. She really did. This word favor and being favored has to do with the word grace and gift or gift of grace. In fact, uh, the word favor is, is C-H-A-R-I-S. It means it's uh, however you want to pronounce it, charis or charis, or here we go. You remember the word charisma, gifts, charismatic gifts of grace. And so uh, she found a gift from God. God graced her. He highly favored her, graced her and gifted her. Now she found it. The angel said, you found favor with God. 
Think about that for a moment. It was not just God favoring her. There was something about Mary. I believe there was something about Mary that caused her to step into, if you will, the favor of God for her life. Was she simply in the right place at the right time? I don't think so. She was highly favored. She was favored by God. Uh, uh, was, was she simply lucky? Did she happen to just, hey, I, you know, did, was God up there rock, paper, scissors trying to figure out? I don't think so. I believe God favored her for a reason. And so I want to give you the big idea over this whole series today. And I want you to understand that this, uh, this is what I really be, be, I'm beginning to believe. Now, I know God can do whatever he wants, however he wants. How many of you believe that? But here's the big idea for this, for this series. The favor of God or the favor of the Father is never random. Some people tend to think that God has a big bucket of favor and he just starts splashing it around. And whoever it happens to hit gets it. <coughs> Pardon me. I don't really believe that. I believe that there's, there's a place that we can find ourselves in like Mary did where God can begin to favor us. And he can begin to bless us in ways that he would never bless us had we not put ourselves in a place where he was able to do that. Now, let me ask you that. Do you believe, are you, would you follow me in this big idea? The favor of the father is never random. In fact, tell somebody that the favor of the father is never random. You know, I started thinking about that and, you know, I thought about verses like this where it says, you know, he shows mercy on whom he shows mercy. That sounds like it's random that God just, oh, I'll show mercy here. I'll show mercy there. But you know why he shows mercy on whom he shows mercy? There's a reason behind it or why he is able to do that. In fact, I started looking at scripture about fathers and, and you know, there's a, <coughs> there's a biblical precedence for what I'm telling you today beyond just Mary. In fact, let me go through it with you this morning just for a moment. Let's look at some of them. How many of you remember Cain and Abel? Cain and Abel, this is Genesis chapter 4. You know, they both brought offerings, but one was accepted and one was not. Abel's was accepted, but Cain's was not. And the reason for it, God accepted uh, Abel's offering, but he didn't accept Cain. The Bible said, and Abel was a sheep herder. And the Bible says he brought from the first fruits of his flock. And Cain, the Bible says, in the abundance of time, in other words, after a season of time, when the blessings began to flow, Cain brought an offering out of his abundance. And Abel brought the first fruit. And the Bible says that God did not accept Cain's offering. And we won't go into the story, but he did accept Abel's offering. Why? Hey, and, and then he blessed Abel. Why was that? Because, hey, guess what? God favors whom he favors. And there's a reason behind that. Now, even from a natural perspective, how do you remember Isaac and his twin sons? Who were they? Jacob and Esau. Without going into the story, did you know Isaac had a favorite? He favored Esau. Now, shame on him. But he did nonetheless. 
You see, there's a reason God favors or people favor one another. And then Jacob, uh, once he began to have children, he, you know that he had the, the, the sons and he had the last son of his, of his old age. Who was he? Say it out loud. Joseph. And how many of you know the Bible says he loved his daddy, loved Joseph more than all his other brothers. Shame on him for doing that. But he did because he was the son of his old age and he made him a coat of many colors. And so we see this, this, this insight about the fact that the father's favor is never random. There's always a reason. You know, Isaac didn't rock, paper, scissors over see who he, he would love. In fact, it says that his, his wife loved one and he loved the other. They didn't rock. There were reasons behind the fact that they favored each other. And now we think of David. Let's move the PowerPoint one, one pass there. Think about David. Now, David's just the shepherd boy. Now, we're beginning to see, we'll get this from a God perspective. God speaks to Samuel and says, go to the house of Jesse. And from the house of Jesse, I'll put my words in there. I'm going to favor one of his sons and anoint him to be the king. And you know the story in 1 Samuel 16, I believe it is, where they brought all the sons in and, and, and Samuel got them all up there. And they were some of the big, strong, older guys who seemed to fit the bill. And God said, no, that's not him. That's not him. And finally, the Spirit of God says, hey, listen, you're looking on the outside. God doesn't look on the And here's where we're getting where the rubber meets the road about how the favor of God is made manifest in people's life. God doesn't look on the outward appearance. God looks on the, and the inward. He looks on our heart. And he said, well, do you have any more sons? And he said, well, I got one more little boy. He's, but he's not, he's not ready yet. He's just a little pimple-faced kid out to take care of the sheep. Nope, bring him here. And they go send, he, he wasn't even worthy to get in the lineup. From his daddy's perspective. But they brought little David in and, and the spirit of God came upon Saul, uh, upon Samuel and said, oh, that's the one. There he is. And the favor of God came upon him. And if you go to Acts 13, there's a, there's a verse in Acts 13. I believe it's, let me just show you. Acts 13, verse 22. It, it says this about David. God said, I have found David a man after my own heart who will do all my will. So this is where the rubber meets the road. And this is what I want you to begin to embrace. And this is what we're going to look with, look at in the life of Mary. What was it about Mary's heart that God looked upon? How many of you know, you think about it, put Elizabeth, put Elizabeth and Mary side by side. Now, let me tell you about Elizabeth. Elizabeth was married to Zacharias, who was the preacher. He was the priest. And she was barren. She should be worthy to carry the Lord. Now, she was a good woman. God chose her to, to, to give birth to, to John the Baptist, absolutely. But for some, there was something so dynamic about this little unproven young woman named Mary. There was something about her heart that caused God to favor her beyond any other woman on planet Earth. 
She found it. Everyone say she found it. Come on now, everyone say she found it. It was not random. There was something about her heart that put her in a place of God's blessing. Now, here's the context of this series over the next, and now this week and five more weeks. We're going to look, look at six attributes of Mary's heart that put her in a place where God poured it out on her. And I believe if we learn from the life of Mary, we can find ourselves in a place where God will begin to favor us. How many of you want some of that? Say amen. So here you go. Here we go. Everyone look at your neighbor and say, are you ready? Here we go. Let's look at Mary's heart uh, just for a moment. Let me show you the first one today. What, about, what was it about Mary's heart? The first thing I want to show you about Mary's heart that I believe put her in a place where God could favor her, she had a hearing heart. Her heart was open and tuned to the voice and the will and the way of God in her life. And how many of you know the Bible teaches in the Gospels that our heart is like good soil or like bad soil, the parable of the sower and the seed. You remember that and it, the, the, the seed is the word of God and it goes deep into the soil, which is our, come on, stay with me. I'm even drawing a picture for you, which is our hearts. And Mary's heart was open and receptive and ready for the will of God and the word of God to be made manifest in her life. Let me show it to you this morning. And let's look at, let's go back to Luke chapter one. Are you there in Luke one? If you're not, go back to Luke chapter one. I want to, I want to show you this, how she was so spiritually in tune by way of, uh, of this. Let's look at the angel and her. Let's look at some angelic observation here. Gabriel, everyone say Gabriel. You know, I'm not much on my, on angels as far as knowledge, but I know yeah, there's a pecking order in heaven with angels. There's a there's a there's an order. There's structure. There's authority. And Gabriel was one of the real angels of of authority under God in heaven. And Gabriel shows up first to Zacharias and speaks to him, and then he goes to Mary and begins to speak to her. And here's his observation: Gabriel's angelic. observation observation uh, of uh, Mary. You know what he said about her? He said, the Lord is with you. Everyone say, the Lord is with you. He looked, he knew that the Lord was with her. Now, follow with me for a moment. In other words, Mary was walking with God. She had a relationship with the father and he observed in her said the lord is with you she knew that the lord was with her she's walking with god and and hey proverbs chapter 8 verse 34 and 35 says whoever finds me you can write that down proverbs 8 34 and 35 whoever finds me finds life and obtains favor from the lord mary had found god in her life she was in tune with God. The angel looked down upon her. He knew, hey, the Lord's with you. How many of you know there's some people you can look at and say, oh, God's with them. This angel looked at her and said, oh, the Lord is with you. Everyone say, the Lord is with you. Now, how do you find the Lord? 
She found him. In fact, you remember Jeremiah 29? If you want to turn over there, most people remember Jeremiah 29, 11. What does Jeremiah 29, 11 says? I know the thoughts. God said, I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you a what? A future and a hope. We all get that. Hey, God has a good plan for us. He has a future for us. But it goes on to say this. And this is what I, I want you to understand about Mary. It says this. He gives us a future of hope. And he said, and if hope, then you will call upon me and go and pray to me. And I will listen to you. And you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all of your heart. And then it goes on to say, I will be found by you. That's what Mary did. Little Mary was a God seeker. She was in tune with the Father. The angel looked down and said, the Lord is with you. Most of us are scared of what angels will, will, will reveal about us if they show up. They'll know somebody else is with us. Oh, I see something with you. Hey, the Lord is with you. Everyone say, the Lord is with you. Mary had a hearing heart. She was in tune with the, with the Father. She was a God seeker. That's how you get God. That's how you find God. You seek Him with all your heart. That's who Mary was. She had a hearing heart. She was in, in the flow and in, the tune, in tune with God's purpose and plan for her life. Now, she begins to interact with Gabriel. Let's look at this angelic interaction. Now, I wish I had time to compare. I'll do it just briefly. The angelic interaction that, that uh, Zacharias had compared to Mary. When Zacharias interacted with, with Gabriel, he was fearful and fell down. He just... Ah! How many of you, that, that'd be pretty standard. Anybody here be giving Gabriel high fives? Say, what's going on, bro? How's everything? Nobody's going to be giving Gabriel high fives. And he doubted the angel. In fact, he questioned the angel, said, your wife's going to conceive in her old age. He had a question. He said, how can this be? We're, we're all dried up. It ain't happening. And as a result, the angel shut his mouth. Now, Mary questioned the angel, but she didn't question him out of doubt. She questioned him out of curiosity. And so let me show you this angelic interaction. I saw this this week and I, I was amazed. Everybody give me your best amazed face. Come on, everybody, give me your best amazed face. Let me show you in, in Luke chapter one, here comes the angel. And he says, he, and having come in, now, it doesn't say that he was disguised in human form. And I'm convinced that if, if it doesn't say that, then he comes in his angelic form. That's why Zacharias fell down going, come on, help me. But he comes in. And the angel said to her, verse 28, Rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. And when she saw him, she was troubled. Now, but look what she was troubled about. She was troubled at his saying and considered what manner of greeting this was. Can you just stop and think about that for a minute? 
She was not troubled by his, his, his presence in her house. The angel Gabriel. What troubled her was this unbelievable declaration the angel said over her. In other words, she was so in tune with the flow of God in her life that a visit from Gabriel did not shake her up. Am I the only one that went, now I'm beginning to see it. This little girl was in the flow of God over her life. And Gabriel shows up and declares this phenomenal thing over her life. And the fact that the angel showed up did not shake her. And what he said did. We'll talk about that later. It just reveals that she had a heart to hear. She was spiritually in tune. And if you want to find favor with God in 2013, you and I are going to have to do some catching up to do with Sister Mary. Let me look at her heart for a moment. Let's look at her heart. Let's see what it was about her heart that caused her to be so in tune to embrace the will of God for her life and to embrace the word of God in her life. Let's do that. Here we go. What was it about her heart? Mary's heart. Number one, let me tell you, she was receptive to the word of God. She received the word. What does it say about her once the angel began to speak to her in, in verse 38? Look in verse 38 what she said. When the angel made this declaration, it says, Then Mary said, Behold the maidservant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. How many of you know that's some open receptive soil? to the word of God. Did you know the Bible says in Hosea, Hosea said this about the word of God. He said, uh, you've got to sow for yourselves, Hosea 10, 12, sow for yourselves righteousness, reap in mercy, break up the fallow ground for it is time to seek the Lord till he comes and rains righteousness on you. In other words, the condition of our heart for the blessings of God to be made manifest, we've got to break up the fallow ground. Mary's heart was not fallow ground. There was no hardness of Mary's heart. She was receptive to the word of God in her life. She was willing to let God speak to her. And the word of God come right, came right in her heart. And once she got a little clarity about how it was all going to happen out of curiosity, she said, how can this be? Because I don't know a man. And she said, the Holy Ghost will do it. She said, well, okay, bring it on. She had a heart that was so tender and receptive and her life was fertile soil. Most of us do not carry that kind of heart around in our life when God begins to speak. But if we want to find favor with God, we've got to have a hearing heart. And she was receptive to the word of God in her life and she received God's word. She didn't doubt it. Zacharias doubted the word. Mary didn't doubt the word. She just needed a little clarity. So she received the word. Number two, she confirmed the word. Confirmed the word? Well, 
what did the angel say after he told her about what she was going to do? That her, she was going to conceive of the Holy Spirit and, and, and the child in her womb would be the son of God. And she'd call his name Jesus. Then the angel says, oh, by the way, you might be her cousin or something. Elizabeth, she's also pregnant. And the angel told her about Elizabeth and how, how, how she had in her old age, even when she was barren, had gotten pregnant. You know what? You know what, Mary, the first thing she did? Everybody say, you know what she did? She headed to Elizabeth's house. Now, follow with me for a moment. How many of you know the Bible teaches that even if an angel comes up and preaches something to you, if he preaches something opposed to the, to the written word of God, hey, just call him accursed. In fact, when you look at scripture, you'll find that there's, there is premise for uh, when God speaks to you or when you believe God speaks to you, you confirm the word. It doesn't mean you doubt the word. It means you're wise enough to realize that, hey, even the devil, 2 Corinthians 11, can come to you as an angel of light. So it's important to confirm the word. In fact, the Bible says this. It says in 2 Corinthians 13, 1, in the mouths of two or three witnesses, let everything be established. So she had enough wisdom, not just, just, let me just say, just because Gabriel or who you believe would be Gabriel shows up in your house and says something, hey, you receive what he says, but then you confirm it. It's an important principle. God put it in place to keep us from being deceived. Hello. Some people go and hear some theology for, or some doctrine from somebody and they get all excited and it feels right and it acts right and, and it's got to be right. How many of you know everything that glitters is not gold? And she had enough sense and God said, hey, yeah, hey, Elizabeth's pregnant. The first thing she does is she heads to Elizabeth's house. I don't know how long it took her to get there, but she was there a few months. But Beverly read the story. She, she rose and went to the hill country and she entered the house of Zacharias. And it happened when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary that the baby leapt in her womb and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Ghost. And she said, blessed are you among women. Blessed is the fruit of your womb. How many of you know by that time, Mary was getting the confirmation. Wow. I didn't say a word. But Elizabeth, and Elizabeth blessed her and said, because you believed. How many of you know we got to walk in the confirmation of God's will and word for our lives? What was it about Mary's heart that put her in a place of being favored by God? She was receptive to the word, but she always was at a place of confirming the word. And number three, she believed the word. We've talked about that, uh, but that's why she said, hey, uh, be it unto me according to your word. But then look what Mary says in verse, uh, pardon me, Elizabeth said, blessed is she who believed. You see, Elizabeth had enough sense to know that in order, listen, <coughs> you know what gives birth to, gives birth to things in the spirit? Faith. How are you born again? Come on now. How are you born again? By your good works? No, it's by faith. And here's just me from understanding the principles of, of how things are born in the spirit. When, when Mary believed, when the angel showed up, and she got her little explanation about how it was going to happen. And she said, be it unto me according to your word. My belief about when it happened, that's when the Holy Ghost went. (laughs) 
the immaculate conception by the Holy Ghost. She believed the word. Listen, when you and I believe the word, it gives birth to the blessing of God in her life. Mary's heart was so receptive to God's word. She received it. She confirmed it. She believed it. And number four, she kept the word. If you go over in Luke chapter, <coughs> pardon me, Luke chapter two, verse 19. Now, in Luke chapter two, you know, here's the shepherds coming, the wise men. That's the whole story of Christmas. But look what it says about her in the middle of all this and the angels showing up going, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill towards men. The shepherds come. Look what it says about Mary in verse 19. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. It says she kept all these things. And pondered them in her heart. The word kept means to hold, catch this, it means to hold closely for the purpose of conserving and observing. Everyone say, for the purpose of conserving and observing. She knew that all the things God was speaking to her, if she wasn't careful, the enemy could come steal the word from her heart. She had enough sense to know, I've got to keep this close to me. I've got to embrace it in my life for the purpose of observing and conserving. I'm going to hold it fast in my life. That's what Paul told Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 13 and 14. He said, hold fast. The pattern of sound words and that, and let the Holy Spirit keep what you received. She didn't let it, she didn't let it loose. <coughs> How many of you know a lot of the favor of God is lost because we don't hang on to what God's saying to us? The enemy comes in and sows the seeds of doubt in her life. And we miss God's best for our life because somehow we think, well, maybe it really wasn't God. Maybe it really wasn't for me. And we miss God's best for our life. But Mary didn't do that. She kept the word in her heart. She believed the word. She confirmed the word. She received the word. And number five, she obeyed the word because that word kept also means for the purpose of conserving and observing. In other words, I'm going to obey this word. I'm going to uh, apply this word. I'm not just going to believe it with right here, but I'm going to let it drop down in my heart to the point that I'm going to live my life in obedience to him so this word can be made manifest in and through my life. Let me show you a passage of scripture, one I love, and we're going to be done in just a moment. But look over in Proverbs chapter 3. It has to do with the favor of God and the word of God. And this is just not for Mary, it's for all of us. Proverbs 3, verse 1. My son, do not forget my law. But look what the next part says. But let your heart, there you go, but let your heart keep my commands. In other words, from the heart, you've got to obey what I say. How many of you know there's a difference from obeying just because there's a rule and obeying from the heart? In fact, Romans 6 says once we're born again and, and we're baptized into Christ, uh, we're dead to sin and alive unto God, and we obeyed from the heart that teaching which we heard. 
And that's what Mary was. And that's what she did. But look, here's, here's the uh, uh, Proverbs 3. My son, do not forget my law, but let, them, uh, let your heart keep my commands for length of days and long life and peace they will add to you. Catch this. Let not mercy and truth forsake you. How many of you know mercy is favor? Let not mercy and truth forsake you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. And what happens when you do that? And so find favor and high esteem in the sight of God and man. Wow. O-M-G. When you obey God's word and you keep his word, you believe his word, you confirm his word, you receive his word, confirm it, believe it, keep it and obey it. What happens to you? You find the favor. That's what Mary did. Why? Because she was obedient to the word and the will of God. In fact, we're going to look at this later, but you know what she said before she said, so be it unto me. She called herself the maidservant of the Lord. That sounds real spiritual. But you know what she was saying? I'm going to be your slave from now on. The bond slave of God. And you know, and I'm getting ahead. I just can't help it. But we'll talk about this later. When she said that, you know what she was laying down? Joseph. Am I wrong about that? She was where, at that moment, she laid all her future on the altar and said, it's no longer about me, it's all about you. I'm the bond slave of God. I declare it today, slave of God. I'll obey you for the rest of my day. why she found favor she received the word her heart was she had a hearing ear she hey angels didn't ruffle her feathers she was so receptive her heart was so fertile for the word of god she believed it kept it obeyed it and she also pondered it i love this what does it say there? She kept the word and pondered them in her heart. The word ponder is pretty much like meditation. It means to converse with or to consult. She's always conversing and consulting with the word and the will of God over her life. She's affirming it in her life. She's meditating it and, uh, on it. And what does Psalm chapter one say about those who, who let the word of God, they meditate on it day and night. They'll be... <coughs> Pardon me, like a tree planted by rivers of water, which yields its fruit in its season and its leaf does not wither. Uh, and whatsoever he does will prosper. How many of you know that's the favor of God? She's always pondering the will of God for her life, meditating on the law of the Lord and the word of God. She kept it in her heart. 
It stayed alive. She watered the seed of God in her life. And as little Jesus began to grow day by day, oh my goodness, she just kept it alive in her life. Oh, she never bragged about it. We'll talk about that next week. In fact, I'll give you a little head start. She had a humble heart. Because when the angel comes, how many of you know if Gabriel shows up and says, you're highly favored among all the women of the world. How many of you know an immature person would go, you got that right. Not her. She stayed humble. She didn't put on the, I'm the mother of Jesus, get out of my way t-shirt. She stayed humble. She didn't want, hey, they didn't make it into Jerusalem or into Bethlehem and argue with the innkeeper. Do you know who I am? i got the Lord of glory in my womb. You better give me the best room in the house. We'll talk about that next week. But today, if we want the favor of God in our life, I read it to you a few moments ago. We've got to let our hearts begin to open up to his will and word for our life. Hosea 10 verse 12. Sow for yourselves righteousness. Reap in mercy. That's favor. If you want to reap the favor of God, if you want to find favor, what do you do? Break up your fallow ground of your heart. I think in my life there's some areas where it need to be my heart needs to be broken for him. He says, break up the fallow ground for it is time to seek the Lord. That's who Mary was. She was a God seeker. It's time to seek the Lord till he comes and rains righteousness upon you. What is that? Favor from God. Listen to me today. I'm convinced that the favor of God is never random. We look at some people and we think, how could God favor him? Well, you may be looking, wait a minute, you're probably looking on the outside. God's looking in the heart. And did you know he's not looking for perfection? You know, God favored Peter, a cousin, uneducated, bad fisherman. God favored him. He saw something on the inside. In fact, in Matthew 16, he asked them all a question. Who do men say that I am? And he, some say you're this, some you're that. Well, who do you say them that I am? And Peter, well, I know the answer to that. You're the Christ, the son of the living God. He said, blessed are you, Simon. Marjona for flesh and blood didn't reveal that to you. In other words, you've been listening to the voice of God. You've been sensitive to the word of God in your life. I'm changing your name. And guess what? Whether you realize it or not, you're my first Pentecostal preacher. You're going to be the pastor and the leader 
of the first century church. Hang on. It's the set time for the favor of God. Mary wasn't random. She had a heart to hear. How about you? Are there some fallow ground in your life? I know there is in mine. Let's stand this morning. And as we begin this series and as we position ourselves, it's straight up noon, a good time to pray. Let us position ourselves at a place where we open our hearts to hear what God is saying to us. Listen to me. Let me be a little prophetic this morning. Not pathetic, but prophetic. I think I can do that even with a cold. Listen. If we position ourselves in a place where we can hear God, He will speak to us and begin to direct our path. If we open our hearts to hear, what he's saying to the church. How many of you want to pray a prayer today that would say, Lord, break up the fallow ground of my heart. I want to seek you. I don't want to miss my set time that God has designated to favor me. I don't want to miss God's best for my life. I'm going to do something a little out of the ordinary today. I'm going to open up the altars today. If you're here today and you can say, Pastor Sam, with you, there's some areas of my life that need to be broken so God can begin to, uh, uh, there's some areas of my life, hardness of heart in areas. And I don't want to be have a hardness of heart. I want to have a heart that is open and receptive to what God says in my life. If that's you today, come join me in the altar. We're going to pray a prayer for it's time to seek the Lord. And we're going to seek God for just a moment. Come on right now. If that's you, you say, pastor, there's some areas in my heart that need, that need to, to plow up. I need to break up the fallow ground in my heart. Let's gather up front and let's pray this prayer together. And let's believe God that in 2013,